0: We all need a shot of encouragement to keep us going. A new beginning with Greg Laurie is sure to help in your journey of faith. Hear it twice daily. Details at vision.org.au
1: Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Charles Spurgeon was saved in 1850. Within a year, his theological grasp and spiritual discernment were incredible. By the time he was 19, he had been called to one of the largest Baptist congregations in London. He had a great gift of humour and used it often, but he had his critics. His detractors, who were preoccupied with the shallow niceties of Victorian England, criticised him relentlessly, calling him such things as, quote, a pulpit buffoon, and comparing him to a circus performer who entertains the masses mindlessly. Spurgeon had to endure a lifetime of public ridicule and slander, sometimes of the most vicious kind. Some of it was easy to brush off, but most of it wasn't. In 1857, he wrote, Down on my knees have I often fallen, with a hot sweat rising from my brow, under some fresh slander poured upon me. In an agony of grief, my heart was well-nigh broken." but he rose above the criticism. And in 1865, his sermons sold 25,000 copies every week and were translated into over 20 languages. Members of his congregation were occasionally asked not to attend next Sunday's service so that newcomers might get a seat. Everyone God has ever used has had to learn to cope with criticism. Keep your eyes on God, and like Spurgeon, you'll outlast your critics. This is Set Free with Ken Legg. Hi
0: and welcome to Set Free. It's Phil here and with me is author and teacher Ken Legg. And all this week we've been looking at an issue that we all have to deal with at some time or other, coping with criticism. And Ken, just listening to your story of Charles Spurgeon, it must have been pretty difficult for him to, you know, keep going and and be faithful when he had newspapers writing things like he's a nine-day wonder, a comet that suddenly shot across the religious atmosphere, gone up like a rocket and ere long will come down like a stick. I mean, they're, they're the words of the day. Yeah. But they were they were fighting words, weren't they? How, how would you yeah. feel?
1: Well, uh, and also, let's remember this. It was, was almost... Just still a boy, you know. He was about nineteen years of age when he began his ministry. Quite an incredible ministry, but obviously it affected him. And um, in fact, his wife kept a scrapbook of all the criticisms that uh, he received uh, from the the press and from others, and from and, other ministers as yeah, well. Other yeah, other ministers as well. And uh, she had a bulging scrapbook of all these <laughs> these uh, criticism that came his way. And he had to learn to deal with that. Well, all of us have
0: got you know sandbaggers of some type or other who are criticizing us for different things. It's one thing to deal with criticism, but how do we deal with the actual critics themselves? It's two kind of separate things, especially when they
1: go away. That's right. You know, Jesus said, the poor you have with you always. (laughs) (laughs) I believe that God gives us something to cope with people like that. It's called meekness. Uh, We're looking at Paul. You know, we've been looking at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 4 about the way he responded to criticism. Let's just read to you something that he said uh, in that chapter in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 12 And 13, he says, being reviled, we bless. Being persecuted, we endure. Being defamed, we entreat. Now, you can't do that naturally. He received meekness to do that. And uh, meekness, of course, is the ability that enables us to accept criticism without needing to retaliate or to justify ourselves. Mm. Um, Phil, just the other day, I I was in the car park and uh, uh, somebody was pulling out and I was just waiting to go into their car space and uh, I've been sitting there about 20 seconds with my blinker on, you know. That's a long time. That's a long time, I can tell you. I'm a patient man (laughs) when I see a car park. (laughs) And uh, a car was coming the other way and they saw the, the blinker. And they just poured straight in. I just tooted the horn, not not aggressively, but just to say, hey, you know, I've been waiting here. Just a couple and
0: of short two minute blasts.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and uh, the lady just wound the window down and pointed heavenward with her little finger. <laughs> I, I wonder what she wanted me to look up to up there. But, uh, of course, she was having a go at me, and I thought, right, I'll get her. I'll park my car, and, and I'll see where she parks hers, and I'll run my key along the side of her car and uh, teach her a lesson. Now, I'm sure many of our listeners will be horrified at me saying that, but, you know, you're a pastor. You can't do things like that. But, you know, as Paul says, in my flesh there dwells no good thing. And um, that's who I am when Christ is not reigning and ruling in my life. God doesn't have a program for reforming my flesh. He doesn't have a program for changing who I am in my flesh. But what he has is his life, which he gives to me, uh, so that I can walk in the Spirit in this life that is given to me mm. and not respond in my flesh. And one would hope that the Holy Spirit stepped in before the key came out, did it, Ken? <laughs> <laughs> I'll come to that in just a moment. Okay, uh, just, all right. Just let people be anxious for a few moments longer there. Uh, but Jesus said, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your soul, see Jesus said, "I'm meek, but you can put this yoke on you, and you can also enjoy that meekness." And Phil, no, I didn't run my c- car keys along the side of that lady's car. I chose to listen to the prompting of the Holy Spirit rather than to respond in the flesh. It's—I thought you were going to say—I used somebody else's keys. <laughs> uh, it's interesting,
0: though. I mean, meekness we tend to think as being weakness, but it's actually strength when. You can actually say, I'm not going to react in this situation. I'm not going to respond to this criticism. You're actually rising above it. It's stronger, not weaker. I just i to throw that in there just for a moment. But it it sounds really easy, you know. But if only it was that simple. It's got to be true what you're saying. But, you know, we have a choice. Otherwise, God would would never exhort us to choose to walk in the Spirit. He, He tells us that. We have to choose to do it. And some of the great things about our salvation is that Jesus didn't just die to save us from the penalty of sin. He died to save us from the power of sin, didn't he? And what you're saying here, Ken, is that Jesus hasn't left us under that power of fleshly, sinful responses to things that provoke us to anger, you know, somebody cuts us off in the car park or whatever it is, or criticism, but we have the power of his grace, which is the thing that empowers
1: that meekness, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Paul says that by the death of Jesus... Uh, we were delivered, as you say, from the penalty of sin and reconciled to God. But by His life, we are being set free from the power of sin. Mm-hmm. So we've been given His life. His life. Uh, and that's the good news of the gospel of grace and the new covenant. Under the law, we had rules, but no power. You know, do this, do that, don't do that, do this. Yep. Uh, but no power. You know, we were just left in the, in the energy of the flesh, and that's why we always failed. But under the new covenant, we're empowered to stand against sin uh, by His life. You know, that's why. Uh, Paul says, sin will not have dominion over you. Why? Because you're not under the law where you're just left to your own fleshly resources, but you're under grace. You've been empowered by the life of Christ. It's the same as a policeman has the power
0: entrusted to them or empower- and given to them, but they have to operate in it. They have to choose to say, well, I know I'm a policeman and I have the authority to do certain things. We're the same with as believers. We need to recognize we have that authority and power and, and take hold of it. And I guess in a situation like the one that we've been looking at this week, we can literally deal with all the passion and emotion that we might feel towards those uh, who are criticising
1: us, can't we? we? We can deal with those things. Yeah, we can actually walk away without retaliating. Um, you know, the psalmist said this, those who seek my life lay snares for me. Those who seek my hurt speak of destruction and plan deception all the day long. But I, like a deaf man, do not hear. And I'm like a mute who does not open his mouth. Uh, now, that's possible by grace, not not in the power of my flesh. I know how I will respond to to provocation and insult and criticism and so on. But uh, by the power of God's grace, I can actually rise above that, as you say. In fact, you know, we've been talking about meekness, uh, Phil, and uh, the Greek word for meekness is the word praus. And it's often used in non-biblical literature for taming wild animals. That's interesting, isn't it? Hmm. It speaks of those whose nature is telling them one thing, but they've learned to obey the command or answer the reins. Take a a wild horse, for example. It wants to do its own thing, but it's learned to respond to the reins. And, and, you know, ultimately the choice is us. Sorry, let, let me say that again. Ultimately the choice is ours. We can either walk in the Spirit or we can walk according to the flesh. And, and as we grow in grace, we learn to answer the reins. You know, the, the, the spirit just tugging us, saying, no, don't go that way. Come this way.
0: A very practical study this week on coping with criticism. And we'll have more for you tomorrow. Until then, remember, you don't have to carry that baggage. God wants you to be set free.
1: For books, DVDs, small group studies and other resources from Ken Legg, including the book What's Eating You?, which features topics from today's message, visit the Vision Christian store at vision.org.au. That's vision.org.au.